You are about to listen to the S. Anthony Says Podcast, starring S. Anthony Thomas. <laughs> you lucky bastards. All right, this is S. Anthony. Glad you came back. Ready for the next one? All right, here we go. Go! Well, hello, hello, my good friends. This is S. Anthony Thomas, host of the S. Anthony Says Podcast. What is that you say? That's the thing you're listening to right now. And I want to thank you very, very much for bringing yourself back here. I appreciate it. And to those of you that have been listening the whole time, much love to you. To those of you that start listening, uh, have just recently started listening, lots of love to you. You don't get much love to you till you've been listening for a while. So that's what you gotta do, damn it. And uh, if you listen to this in the, in the distant future, I'm already famous and I've already had about five or six scandals and either you've overlooked them and still follow me or think I'm disgusting. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I won't do any scandals like that <laughs> because you won't know about the gross stuff I'll be doing in the future when I acquire money and power. <laughs> anyway, so, folks, let me ask you a question. You know, I, I hear a lot of people every time you hear you see stars and celebrities, especially nowadays. All you keep hearing about is, oh, he's got a lot of swag. She's got swag and swag. And speaking of swag, I got double swag and triple swag and quadruple swag. Did I mention swag? I have this new thing called swaggy, which is a swag, but, but extra swag on top of it. I made a swag sandwich the other day with swag juice next to it. And I just say to everybody, shut up, punks. I don't want to hear about your damn swag. And I'm sick of it. And the reason I'm annoyed about the whole swag thing is because all I did today was I was going to visit some relatives, so I go to my hometown, and all I want to do is get a water ice and a mustard pretzel. And if you're from the Philadelphia, New Jersey, New York area, you know how refreshing it is to get your first water ice and mustard pretzel combo of the year. You got your mouth set for it. You're looking forward to it. You can't wait for it. And here I am. So I pull up in the mighty Toyota Camry. And yes, as always, when I pull up in the mighty Toyota Camry, people see the Camry and go, maybe that's the president or someone of distinction because only the finest people on the planet <laughs> own a Toyota Camry. <laughs> that did not happen. Anyway, shut up, punks. So I get out and there's these two young guys and they're sitting there comparing clothes. It looks like they're fighting, but it's not really a fight. It's just a swag contest. They're trying to see which one of them has the most swag. Who's the coolest looking? Who has the best clothes? It's a good natured type thing, but it's kind of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A stupid. So I'm walking by and they go, oh, head, oh, head, oh, head, oh, head. Yeah, they refer to me as old head. Am I old yet? No. Do I feel old? No. Do I look old? No. Do I move like an old person? No. I have the reflexes of someone a lot younger than I am. How do I know? Because I got back into my car, told them I was going to run them over. They tried to avoid me, but because of the quickness of my reflexes, I was able to hit both of them. <laughs> that did not happen, but I wanted it to happen. The bastards calling me old head. I know I've been called old head since I was 26 because usually it's a 14 year old calling to that crap. But if you're 19 years old and you call me old head, you deserve to be shot. Okay, you don't deserve to be shot, but you do deserve to be smacked in the mouth. 
okay, you don't deserve to be smacked in the mouth, but you do deserve to have me to continue on walking, give you an evil look and keep walking while I focus my stare on you as if to say, shut up, punks, and go towards the water rice stand for my water rice and my mustard pretzel, which I had just said a few moments ago I was looking forward to. So anyway, these two persistent punks follow me. There's other people there. I don't know why they needed my opinion on about which one of them had the most swag. I know why. What am I saying? Of course, I was the only one there <laughs> that was driving the mighty Toyota Camry. <laughs> I know what they were thinking. If someone can get something such as wonderful as the mighty Toyota Camry, then it's definitely somebody whose opinion I need to get. So they asked me about which one of them had the most, quote, swag, unquote. And I said, I, I don't I don't know. I don't even pay attention to that kind of thing. I don't even understand the concept of that in the first place. Because basically, if you're talking about that, what you're referring to is you're basically saying that whatever you're wearing or driving or carrying or using is the thing that makes you better than the other person. I don't buy into that concept. I don't understand the concept. It makes no sense to me. I don't think that at all. I think if you're going to be important and impressive, it's got to be something that doesn't have anything to do with what you're wearing or what you're driving or what your girl looks like or how much your shoes cost or how shiny your phone is. Now, when you say something like that in many situations and in many cases, what happens is you got a bunch of people with their eyes glazed over and they don't know what you're talking about because they've already tuned out as soon as you stop saying what they wanted, what they wanted, what they wanted you to say. And I thought about that because you see it all the time, man. And what is the difference between the swag of the young person? Or the person who thinks they're better because their car is expensive. Or the person who thinks they're better. Because if you notice, people that actually have swag per se, you know, what you would think of as a swag, usually don't say anything whatsoever. They don't have any reason to try to prove anything to you. Everybody that I know that's actually have had a large sum of money who was important or popular or rich or something like that, never rubbed it into people's faces. The only time you actually see someone who, who has, quote, actual swag, who's rich and powerful and who makes it clear that they have that kind of stuff. They usually have so much stuff, so many resources, so much money that, quite frankly, it's really not a big deal for them to drive a Porsche or a Lexus or a Mercedes, because, quite frankly, to them, that's the equivalent of a regular person driving, you know, like a Toyota Corolla. They know they could afford a million dollar vehicle, but they don't want to do anything stupid like that. And a Lexus to them is the same thing as you riding in a condo box or me in an condo box. It's the same thing. They don't need to prove anything. I mean, think about it this way. Imagine for the sake of argument, you know, you decided you wanted to prove something to somebody. Now, wouldn't you want it to be something that you earned? Maybe a degree. Maybe you started a business. Maybe you did something like that. That makes more sense to me, right? You know, you just are the thing. You don't have to carry the thing or own the thing. You just are the thing. The swag, my friends, would be you, what you've accomplished over the course of time. Right. It just is what you are. I mean, you don't I mean, I don't have to walk around and I don't have to walk around and tell people who are in the course of the day that I'm a black dude. I don't have to do that. It's very, very apparent if uh, that I'm a black dude. I don't have to tell people about it. Right. 
I mean, it's really at its most apparent, you know, <laughs> when I'm walking around with no pants on. <laughs> but not for the reason you think. It usually is apparent when I have my pants off because there's usually someone going, hey, that black dude over there is walking around without his pants on. And then the police come and say, dude, put your pants on. <laughs> Unless I'm in my hometown, in which case they're used to me walking around with my pants off. And they go, that's just him walking. He does that. That's what he does. <laughs> but it's really weird to watch two grown men in their new shiny clothes sit there and have a contest on which one of us, which one of them had the most swag and stopping me as I walked down the street to find out what my opinion was. That's kind of weird, isn't it? But then again, I said, you know what, it'll make the kids feel better. So know what I'm going to do. I'm going to let them know which one of them has the most swag. And I told them which one of them had the most swag and it hurt the other person's feelings. And then I said, oops, wait a minute. I made a mistake. I meant you. And then the person whose feelings were hurt bright, brightened up and the other person's feelings were hurt. And then I stopped and I said, just kidding. You look about the same to me, punks. And they looked at me disappointed and I said, see what just happened? What? I just arbitrarily switched from one side to the other side. Smee, someone you don't know, expressed an opinion about you individually. And in this particular case, I really don't have an opinion. I just randomly said things and picked and chose you at random to give a compliment to. And keep in mind, the compliment I was giving you was complete horseshit. And look how bad you felt when I did that. You hear that silence? That was the silence right there. I don't think they got the point, so I explained myself. Stop worrying so much, you jackasses, about what people think about what you wear or what you drive. It really doesn't matter. What matters is what you've accomplished as a human being, jerk-offs. Are you good to your parents? Yes. Are you good to your girlfriends? Yes. Do you go to a job and not do anything illegal? Yes. Then you should be proud of that, you bastards. And if you want to know what real swag is, my friend, swag is a guy my age seeing two punks like you giving you a life lesson while simultaneously buying a water rice and a mustard pretzel. And I, as I was telling you all this crap, I ate my water rice and mustard pretzel and I didn't spill anything on it. And I am now about to get back into the mighty Toyota Camry, my chariot and go back to my wonderful life. <laughs> It's not that wonderful, but that's a different story. <laughs> I always get a kick out of that when I see people talk about what swag is. And uh, it's usually something that's not even a part of, you know, uh, something that the person accomplishes. It turns out usually what happens is the, the real accomplishment is whatever the person did, especially if, especially if it's legal, what the person did to earn the money to get the thing. It's not the thing itself. When I think in terms of, you know, when I see a Tesla S, a Tesla Model S, um, I would love to have one of those or a Mercedes or something like that. And I will eventually. But I realize it's not necessarily about the vehicle itself. That's not the thing that I would be so proud of. I mean, anybody can. You know, there's a lot of people that can afford it. There's what, a thousand billionaires now and hundreds of thousands of millionaires. It's not the thing that would make me proud. It would be what I did to be able to accumulate the funds to make me have the ability to make the purchase. That's the thing I would be most proud of. 
It's really weird how sometimes we see the symbol and don't realize that <laughs> the thing that we were actually proud of the most or should be proud of the most is the actual journey from the starting line to the finish line. Don't worry about what the prize is. Yeah, it's great to win the Oscar. That moment is great when someone hands you the Oscar. But if you really think about it, the thing that's wonderful is the months of preparation for the role, the acting performance and all the other things that come up with it, all the acting classes. You know, all the memorization techniques, all the takes that you had to do over and over again with the same amount of energy. You know, it's great to have the NBA title, but what about the six, the 70 games your team won that year and the bunch of playoff games you won and the fact that nobody thought you were good enough to be on the high school team and the fact that no one thought you were good enough to be on the college team and the fact that when you got into the NBA, everybody thought you sucked and it turns out you're standing there holding the trophy. Yeah, the symbols are cool. The symbol is cool. Holding the Oscar is cool. But the cooler thing is the actual performance that got you the Oscar. Holding the NBA trophy up is cool, but the cooler thing is the thing that got you to that point in the first place. Those are the cool things. And I think sometimes we get into a situation where we keep forgetting. It's not the symbol at the end. It's the stuff that got you to the finish line in the first place. That's the actual swag. Not the shoes. The fact that you started your own business and you made enough money where you could buy the shoes. And you can't stand next to your friend on a corner and show that off. <laughs> All you can show off is the shoes. So that's the message I was trying to get to these two jackasses. And I think they got the message. I think they did. But then again, you always think somebody gets the message when you say it. And then you drive away and they go, that old guy is crazy. Look at my shoes. <laughs> so you know what I'm talking about, my friends. That's the lesson in that particular uh <laughs> in that particular moment. So what I'm saying is, like I said, swag is cool, but swag comes from doing some stuff, not from buying some stuff and not from wearing some stuff. You dig? Segment over. You know, folks, let me ask you, you, you ever notice that, and this is one of the things I've noticed, there's many times where we really think that people know things, but you got to realize that people don't always necessarily connect the dots. There may be holes in their knowledge that we're not aware of, and we got to factor that in. You know, sometimes people don't know things. People think kids know more than they do. Now, kids know more than you think they know, but they don't know as much as they think they know. And I know that because I was a kid once and I was a dope just like all other kids are dopes to certain things. I remember when I was a little kid and uh, back then, yeah, there was cable then and all of that kind of stuff, but it was new and you would actually get to see some late at night, you'd get to see some of the cable stuff bleed over to regular television. But I was so young that I didn't stay up that late, so it never really mattered. But one day I woke up and it was a Friday. I knew that it was a Friday that I went to school. So I knew that when I woke up, it was going to be Saturday. And I knew that from what I was told by the adults that the tele television stops at a certain time of night because at that time it did. And I said, but I didn't know when the actual cartoon started and I didn't know what time it was. All I know was I went to sleep. I woke up. It must be morning. Turn on the television set. So I turned on the television set and there was really nothing going on. People selling cars and stupid crap and all sorts of garbage and farm reports and crap like no stuff. Who cares about? 
So I keep turning and I see the channels that have squiggly lines on the screen. And, you know, you're not going to sit there and wait and see if there's anything interesting there because you can't hear anything anyway. And there's squiggly lines. And if you're a kid, you have a short attention span. You just want to get to the cartoons or some dudes falling over stuff. But just as I was about to turn the channel, I noticed it was a pretty lady there. And I smiled because she's a pretty lady. And the squiggly line on the screen shifted to the right. And the lady was not wearing a shirt. Oh, boy. Now, even as a young child, not a child child, but a child, I knew what breasts were and I knew what they were called. We probably referred to them as boobs at that point. I knew they were soft and squishy, but I didn't really think much of them. You knew that when your grandma hugged you, she had those things and they would hit you in the face and they were like pillows when you were a kid. So you go to sleep when you're a little kid. But I saw these and I was not thinking maternally at the time. I did not because you never thought much about the ones that the relatives, when your relatives would pick you up as a kid, they, they're part of your relative. You're not thinking anything. It just it is what it is. But this time I saw these things and I wanted to squeeze on them. Didn't know why. Just wanted to squeeze on them. And then the line shifted back and I thought, oh, no. And I was going to change the channel, but I just sat there with my young single digit age ass waiting and praying that that line would move the hell to the right again because I really wanted to see that crap. And I sat there. I don't know how long I sat there. All I know is my little single digit aged ass was numb sitting on the edge of the bed in anticipation of that line moving to the left, to the right, I should say. And then that show ended because I could see credits and I thought, crap. And then I saw a light in the hallway and I knew my mother was going to the bathroom. So I shoved some clothes up to the door so she couldn't see the light of the television. And I hoped she wouldn't come busting in. But she didn't. She just did what she did in the bathroom and went back to bed. <laughs> That's right. So I go back up to the TV and I wait and another thing comes on. Now, what I didn't realize was it was the skin flicks that adults who were actually paying for cable could actually see and they weren't scrambled. But I'm a kid and I ain't thinking about that. I'm just hoping that another pretty lady shows up on the screen and that little squiggly line moves to the left or to the right to see them chest things again. And I was in luck because another pretty lady was on screen. And unfortunately for me, it wasn't just a pretty lady talking to the screen with the thing it was some dude there and his shirt wasn't on either but i wasn't paying attention to him but it became very clear that these two people liked each other because they started kissing each other and i was like okay i guess that's what grown people do i've seen that before He's messing it up. I can't see her chest stuff with his back in the way. Oh, he moved out the way and there's her chest stuff. And this lady's chest stuff was a lot bigger than the other lady's chest stuff. Not better, just bigger. Either one of them would have been, either any of them would have been fine. I just, and the line stayed to the right. The bottom of the screen was squiggly. The top of the screen was squiggly. The right of the screen was squiggly. But the part where she was staying was not squiggly. Oh, that's the greatest. And I wanted to squeeze on these things too. I didn't know there was anything other than that because I was a kid. But I wanted to squeeze on them. 
And I knew they were about to do the sex thing. I had heard of sex before. I kind of knew that's how babies were made. I didn't know the mechanisms of them. And then I noticed that that guy had stuff like the stuff I had down here. And for the first time, I see female stuff. Females don't have anything down there. Is that normal? Because we have stuff, but they don't. Oh, well, I kind of knew they did. Their stuff was different because when I would get hit in the drawing with a football with my friends i would be crying and rolling around holding my stuff while they laughed and said ha ha that's what you get for not paying attention but if a girl got hit there she would just go ow she'd weep a little bit for a couple of seconds she'd wipe her eyes then she'd laugh and go off to playing so i know something's different there doesn't matter all i know is even though it looks weird because there's nothing there when we have stuff there and they don't have stuff there I like that, too, but that's not important. Back up to them two things. Oh, crap, the squiggly line covered everything up. And all I could see was a foot, maybe their heads. It looked like they were laying down. It looked like I couldn't tell whether they were hugging or whether they were laying down. All I know was that they were wrapped together, and I couldn't tell what was going on. And I was like, I don't know what this crap is. What's going on? The next thing I know... The line moved back to the right and the squiggle showed the lady laying down with the guy on top of her and she's got her legs wrapped around them and they have looks on their faces that I've never seen before. Now, as a kid, you've never, ever felt anything that felt so great that you would make the kind of faces that these two people were making or make the kind of body movements these two were making. It even took you out of the fact that there's a guy on top of a girl looking like he's trying to push her to the top of the mattress and she's looking like she's trying to resist and push him to the bottom of the mattress. That's all you can see as a kid because you don't know what the hell that is. But I'm looking at their faces and it looks like they're hurting each other. Maybe they're, I don't know, are they, something's going on because apparently whatever it is is hurting them a lot because the sound's not coming through, but they seem to be screaming. You know, maybe she's, I don't know, she seems to be trying to pull him towards her because she's digging her nails in his butt. I don't understand what the, I thought she didn't, it looks like they're hurting each other. Right. Like I said, as a kid, you have no frame of reference. You've never felt anything good enough to make you make that kind of face. So you don't get the fact that they're just destroying each other in the best possible way. As an adult, I know what it's like to be on top of a woman and she's underneath me and we're both going. I know what that's like. Not in the last couple of months, but who cares? That's that's beside the point. Shut up, punks. Back to the story. So then I'm going, okay, I, and that, but the thing I started to notice was he kind of arched up a little bit in her boobs, and I said, okay, I don't care about the fight. I know that they're hurting each other for some reason. I don't get it, but them things are bouncing, and I like that, and I forgot about the whole thing. And then the squiggly line moved back over to the side and covered him up. And I really wanted to find out if they're fighting, who's going to win the fight? I've had fights before, not with a girl and not with my clothes off. But I mean, apparently they're fighting and they seem it seems to be a close fight because neither one of them has given up. And they both seem that they must be in pain of some kind. Look at her eyes roll to the back of her head. He's he's looked like she's killing him and he's on top. She must be really good from down there. What a fight this is. But it doesn't make any sense. They're obviously hurting each other. They should just stop it. This is ridiculous. And the squiggly line moves back to the right. And now he's not on top of her anymore. And they're both looking at each other and they're out of breath. And I'm thinking, I don't even know who won the fight. Then she gets up and she turns over and it looks like she's about to climb out of the bed. But he grabs her hips and then he puts his thing back in her stuff again. And I'm going, 
didn't you resolve this already you two can't you learn to get along do you have to keep fighting like this obviously this is hurting and they continue on with this battle and as it, as it turns out they're really hurting each other now because they're now yelling I couldn't hear the sounds but by their faces it looks like it was hurting even more than it was before why are these people doing this to each other these people are sick and this guy's sick too it was bad enough he had pinned her to the bed and was beating her up and now she's trying to get away and he's beating her up I don't like this guy at all I hope somebody's I know this is a I know this is just a story or something, but if they, if I, they should have the police go in there and stop this guy. And the squiggly line moves back and covers him. And then the squiggly line moves back and now she's on top of him. And they're really hurting each other now. But this time I'm cheering her on. Get him. Get him. Because he, this bully, was on top of her. I mean, obviously beating her up. And then she tried to get away and he grabbed her hips and was beating her up from behind. And now she's on top really giving him the business. Look at him. She's holding his hands down. She's winning this fight. That's right. And then she jumped off of him and then some weird stuff, some, some, some stuff happened to his stuff. I don't know. He, maybe she broke his stuff because some stuff happened. I don't know what that is, but that looks gross. It looks like when you blow your nose. I don't know. That's disgusting. But she's laughing and she. And he's laughing. And then they're kissing again. Oh, OK, well. At least they made up. I mean. Uh, huh. And then it goes off. <laughs> and that's what I I actually remember literally having these thoughts while watching this. I didn't realize I had just seen an adult film. You know, because when, because when I watched it, I started thinking, well, I know obviously now I know that the stuff goes and stuff. But if it hurts like that, why would you want to do it? And of course, later on, I found out it doesn't hurt at all. Oh, no. As it turns out, those two people are having a good old time. Ooh. But a lot of times we think kids know things when they really don't. I literally thought these two people were fighting. I really did. And this is not, I mean, I'm not kidding. I thought they were fighting back then. You know? <laughs> right? So when I heard, when I saw two people kissing, I'm going, you guys don't even know what that leads to. Look at those two kissing each other. All they're going to do is go home and hurt each other and fight. Right. And when you hear and then when you would hear somebody go, no, my parents were fighting. I'm going, that's disgusting. Parents fighting. I know what fighting parents means. I know what it means when growing ups go home and fight. That's disgusting. They're going to beat each other up and then some weird stuff's going to come out of the dude like is blowing his nose down there. And then she's going to laugh and he's going to laugh and they're going to kiss and they're going to be all the beds all stinking. And that's disgusting. Little did I know that less than a decade later, I'd be engaged in that activity <laughs> for much longer than that, of course. <laughs> Not by much. But listen, but it's amazing what people don't know. Like you said, you just assume kids know things. Nah, man. If you want to tell kids, you got to make sure you give them. You got to tell them what you need them to know. Don't let them find out stuff on the street. Don't let their dumbass friends tell them anything. Their friends are morons. They don't know anything. 
And finally, when I was a little older, my mother gave me the, the, the birds and the bees story. And then she got me this little this little book that explained exactly. And I was like, oh, that stuff that comes out makes the babies. Oh, I get it. So, oh, so he puts the thing in and then they put the thing. Oh, so it feels great. Oh, because even the book goes, and mommies and daddies hug. And they put they hug really closely and they love each other. And it feels really good. It feels a, a little tingling sensation. And then the stuff comes out, daddy, and he puts it in mommy. And then mommy has the baby. And I'm going, oh, now. I get it oh so what oh, and I didn't tell my mother that I had seen an adult film with two people getting it on she didn't realize that those were the dots that were being connected at the time she's thinking that this book is profound it's not profound I profound the porno channel and saw that crap and now I profound out exactly what ba- how babies were made and I profoundly knew what the hell was going on but she didn't need to know that and I'm never going to let her listen to this episode of the podcast <laughs> too late I guess so what I'm saying is so anyway, and I'm so I was watching it. I'm looking at the book, and I'm going, oh, okay. Say, so, oh, 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 oh. So he puts the thing in there, and he goes, oh, hi, the hi, and the stuff comes. And, oh, I get it. <laughs> and I often wonder if that if that was my experience. And it's, it was such a really weird series of circumstances that led to me coming across that that uh, that that uh, that soft core, you know what movie? Uh, well, soft core compared to what's out now, <laughs> right? But it was really weird when I saw that, and it's really weird that you can see certain things even as a, as, an, as a kid and as an adult, and just a little bit of misinformation or a little bit of uh, a little hole in your knowledge will make you see something that's pretty easy to explain once you know what's going on and make it confusing. It's amazing. Now, of course, when I watch adult films, I know exactly what's going on. <laughs> and now that I actually have my own, now I have the Internet and all that, and I'm an adult, <laughs> I don't have to worry about no squiggly lines. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? And when I see boobs, I know what I want to do with them. <laughs> and in fact, I, I knew what to do with them, because even, even though I'm an adult man, I'm a mature man, I don't want to brag. You know, I'm no Gene Simmons, but I've had sex with at least two women. <laughs> <clears throat> two times 50 I mean <laughs> don't judge me punks shut up <laughs> so when you if you have kids like I said I'm, I'm I'm not a guy that has kids I don't have kids maybe I'll have kids at some point in the future I don't know but I'm hoping that when I have kids I'll make an point that I have open and honest and have age appropriate discussions with my little ones to let them know that at some point Mommy and Daddy got together and made the baby and that they're there because they're loved and that they're wanted and that we look forward to having the opportunity, the joy of raising them up into a wonderful, productive member of society because I would want nothing less from the stuff in my testicles and the stuff in her mom's womb that we mix together in the blender called lovin' to make the, 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 the smoothie called the baby and have the world have a delicious drink of our child's wonderfulness. And how did this get weird when it was so cute before? This got really weird all of a sudden. Well, I can't help it. I say weird crap, but you listen to this crap and you've been listening to this crap for almost a year and a half. You people have mental issues. <laughs> Segment over. Hello, everybody. Let me ask you a question. Do you do you subscribe to the theory that if it ain't broke, don't fix it? 
I'm one of those people. I'm one of those people. If something is working, I might want to analyze it to see why it's working. But that doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to go in and decide I'm going to upset the thing or try to dissect it and by by stopping it. If something's working, leave it alone. You've seen marriages where you see two people that look like they should not be together at all. They shouldn't even be friends. But for some reason, they're deliriously happy. If you're in one of those relationships, you need to go. You don't even know why you're happy, but you just are. You know what you need to do? Shut up punk and just enjoy the damn relationship don't try to analyze it don't try to change it you when she shows up you smile when he shows up you smile you love each other's company just shut up and enjoy it you know but there's so many people that always have to try to fix something that's not broken and those people need to be slapped in the mouth why because they're morons and i really wish they just cut it out you know, when I was when I moved to Los Angeles, I was just a young guy and we needed to have jobs. And, I, and, and when you're in law, I don't know what it's like now. because I haven't been there for a little while, but there was a telemarketing jobs, a little crappy jobs that you knew you weren't going to have for a long period of time. You knew you were going to make a little bit of money and then you'd, you'd either quit or be fired or the whole room would, or the whole place would be shut down. And then you'd have to go to another place and it wouldn't be shut down because they did anything necessarily illegal. It would be shut down because of massive incompetence, more so than anything else and at the time it was computer ribbons and toners and cartridges or whatever kind of crap you could sell over the phone yeah i can't i i was good at it but the funny thing about it was when you would work in an office under normal circumstances those jobs were so unbelievably transient like i said not just the staff, meaning the salespeople who were sitting in cubicles selling things to stupid people, but also the jackasses who were the managers. In fact, there was such a high turnover in the damn uh, 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 cubicles that they literally wouldn't even let you use your real name. In fact, the name came with the desk. Whatever desk you were sitting at, that's what your name was. Yeah, that's right. I said it because they knew your punk ass was going to leave. And if the person built up a rapport with Jacob, well, guess what? You're Jacob now, dumbass shut your punk ass mouth and sell those ribbons to the dumbass person who hasn't realized that there have been 17 Jacobs this year yeah we sold stuff to dumb people but the funny thing about it is it worked for some reason this these collection of people in this particular office worked I've been in rooms before and I know what the sales normally look like for these kind of products in this room this office this set of people behind the cubicles for some reason this cavalcade of losers dweebs and nutcases including myself was able to sell anything and it I don't know how it worked we just it just looked weird if you actually walked by the office and you looked into this office and saw this cavalcade of losers you would go why in the world are these dysfunctional douchebags all hired here you should you would walk in thinking in terms of a regular business and immediately get to fire in every one of us you'd see you know because this, this is what i'm talking about at the time, the Biggie Smalls, he hadn't been shot yet. So the music, you know, so you're hearing all the, the notorious B.I.G. stuff in Los Angeles. He was on the radio every five seconds. So we all and of course, we all know the words. We still know the words now. But back then he was he was alive and everything was good. And we knew the words to every song. So we had these microphones on our faces and they were set up in such a way that the person on the other end of the phone would only hear our voice but couldn't hear what was going on in the background which was a good thing because the office was loud and full of nutcases as i've already stated 
So we're all literally standing up, bobbing our heads and singing at the top of our voices, singing, rapping the songs of the notorious B.I.G. or Tupac or whoever was on the radio at the time. And then when someone would connect on the other end of the phone, another potential sales uh, client, you drop down into your show, into your chair, stop rapping and immediately go into your sales pitch i love a woman they call me big papa hello how's it going i'm calling from that and you'd go right into your sales pitch that didn't mean the people standing on either side of you were going to stop their sales pitch they didn't i mean stop rapping they didn't stop rapping they were rapping at the top of their lungs and you were looking up at them like i can't wait to get this damn sales call over because the my favorite part comes up this is the part where i do my solo in the office and they stop rapping and give me my little play and then you finish your sale thank you for this and that third and if your verification call is coming within the next week and da 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 thank you for buying this bullcrap product that probably sucks you hit the button sales finalized in the computer you jump up just in time to hit the part of the song where everybody knows that's your favorite part and they just go and fall back and they stop rapping and they fall back into the hype man part where they just go yeah yeah while you rap the part that you like the most because for some reason everybody fell into a part that they like the most and everybody acquiesced and let him have that part yeah that's right it was cool and not only was that happening we also had a bunch of other people you'd have couples hugging and spooning stand up spooning while they're making sales calls while one guy is trying to tickle his girlfriend's stomach through her clothes while she's making a sales call and then she'd make the sales call successfully and then she'd laugh tee hee hee and playfully smack him on the arm and say stop it and he'd go you did a good job girl and then she'd do the same thing to him and then you'd see another guy who had sunglasses on in the building for some reason and his hat had the beer things in it he didn't even have any beer in it but for some reason he had that stupid hat on with the stuff in it and he's throwing a football back and forth from one set of cubicles to the next set of cubicles and then you had that going on and then you had a guy who made a sale an hour ago and it was a big sale and instead of making more phone calls because he was a little he would just sit there drinking coffee and reading the newspaper and then the manager would walk out and see this and would not even acknowledge that this was dysfunctional and weird she'd look back at the sales board she'd smile nod turn right back around go back into our office close the door and go back to taking meth this is the kind of office that i'm talking about but it was a great sales office. For some reason, this cavalcade of losers, dweebs, and nerds were able to make a lot of sales. And for some reason, they all, including myself, decided to stay there. Why wouldn't you stay there? You're a young person. You're living in Los Angeles, and all of a sudden, you're making money while at the same time being able to act like a jackass. So there was really not a lot of turnover in that particular office until the manager decided to go in there and take some meth to come down from the coke that she used to come down from the weed that she used to come down from the heroin. And all of a sudden, one day, she's not there anymore. She's not dead. She's just not there. I have a feeling she went to jail. I'm just saying she was gone. And the new manager comes in. Now, if you have a sales office that's making the kind of numbers, selling the kind of numbers, have a 95% verification rate, meaning 95% of the sales that were verified independently stood on the board, which is a fantastic number at the time, you were sitting there going, if I came into an office that was like that, I would not touch a thing. They were selling more than other offices and their sales stayed up. You leave it alone, right? You wouldn't want to mess with that, right? 
guys. Wrong. Guy comes in with his buttoned up suit, sees what's going on in there. And I've already described in some of the things that were going on in the office, I didn't want to describe. I just wanted to describe stuff that was easy to describe visually. And let's just say more stuff than that was going on. And he decides, hey, we got to get everybody here in ship shape. We got to make sure we get this office squared up. Okay, whoa, 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 what are you you doing with the football? What are you doing? This is a place of business. Put that football down. Put that football. What do you got sunglasses on? Let me see your eyes. Oh, shit. Put the sunglasses back on. (laughs) Ha, ha. Take those sunglasses off. Take that stupid hat off. Come on. What's with the music? Why are you? This is a place of business. Turn the music off. You can't have music on in the place of business. Turn that off there. Why are the windows open? Because you don't want any distractions. Turn to close the windows down. Why would you want to look out and see bright sunshine in a beautiful city, you know, and turn the lights down? lights are too bright we're going to try to save some money here what are you doing drinking coffee and drinking i know you just made a big sale but don't you want to make another big sale come on stop stop standing up just sit down in the cubicle you're making too much noise talk softer turn the microphone stop and that's what the guy was like now once the atmosphere in the office was changed once it we couldn't even look out the windows anymore we're living in sunny california you look out the windows it just makes you happy most of us were transplants from another place where you look out the window and all you see is brick buildings now you can look out you see palm trees you can see water you can see brand new cars you can see people walking around in tank tops ladies can see dudes walking around in muscle shirts Everybody having a good time. People over in the coffee shop that are next to the water with the big stupid coffee cups of people drinking it and the little hippies over there doing all the people skateboarding. And we were, and that made you happy to see that. You wanted to look out the window. Well, we couldn't do it anymore because he wanted to change the culture. He wanted to make, oh, this is not a place to business. Couldn't throw the football back and forth. Couldn't do that. Couldn't bond with the other people on the other side of the room. Now, technically, yes, these were aberrant behaviors. These were behaviors that would be an aberration in another office individually, let alone having everybody participate in this weird crap. But this jackass decided to come in and change the culture. These cavalcade of losers, nuts, dweebs, geeks, douchebags needed to have the ability to be the dweebs and douchebags that they are. They needed to expose their douchebagginess and to be themselves. This is probably the first time any of these people actually had an opportunity to be the weird person that they actually are. They probably went back to their regular lives and had to suppress the weirdness that was so evident in them. And was, they were so full of this weirdness. And this is the only place where they could be the nutcases and weirdos and losers and dweebs that they were. So they were able to thrive. But this guy, oh, what are you doing? What are you hugging? Don't kiss your girlfriend in the office. And what happened? All of a sudden, the sales started to drop. Because the sunshine that existed in that office and the sunshine that existed in the faces and the spirits of everybody in the office was dead now because Johnny Douchebag decided to come in and flex his muscles. And all of a sudden, nobody wanted to be there anymore. So you started to see people disappear. Just like a team that wins the Super Bowl, man. They win the Super Bowl and then some new coach comes in and he's got to change everything. Even though they just won the Super Bowl last year and the average age on the team is 26. You would think the person would go, shit, I got the team that won the Super Bowl. I'm keeping this together and figuring out how to keep this going. But no, you want to change everything. It makes sense to change things when things are not working. But if it's not broke, don't fix it. If you bought a car from a dealership, 
and it worked perfectly. It was just inspected by a reputable mechanic, which means it's operational. Everything is great. The inspection happened two days ago. Everything is great. Brand new tires, brand new this, brand new that. Everything is great. Has the AC working, the windows work, the heat works. Everything's fantastic. You take it off the lot. Would you go and then paint it? Why? I know it has four new tires on it, and I know these are four functional tires. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to throw these tires in the trash and put on some new tires. No, you wouldn't. I know this is a brand new engine that you put together, and this is essentially a new car, you know, that I'm, but I'm going to take that engine out that I know works and has been inspected and buy another engine in another place and take the crapshoot of seeing if that new engine that was not just inspected actually works in the car, which it probably won't. I know the AC works in the car, but I'm going to take all the Freon out and put some more in because I want to put my own type in there. Right. You wouldn't do that. If you got a car from a dealership and you bought it and it worked and you drove it off, most people would just change the oil, wash it, and shut up. (laughs) But it sounds ridiculous, doesn't it, to buy a car like that and then all of a sudden make all these changes in it what would you do that for it doesn't make any sense it's not broke it's fine if you didn't want that car don't take it go get a car that's what you want sometimes you got to leave things alone you can't fix things that are not broken leave things alone as it turns out, of course, because of productivity in that particular office that I've been describing for the for the vast part, for the most part of the segment, the sales dropped. I'm telling you, like eighty five percent, some ridiculous number. And usually, I don't allow what happens on the outside of me to 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 do to deter me too much. But I didn't even want to be there anymore. I was probably the least crazy. Okay, I, I'm not gonna lie. I was the least obviously crazy of this group. I don't want to be there anymore. Before, it's the sales were effortless, man. I could pick up the phone. A, pe- a person could pick up the phone. Not only do I not want to buy anything from you, punk, but I'm going to come to the place and I'm going to shoot you in the face while I drop kick your grandmother. And four seconds later, okay, I don't even have a computer, but I'm going to buy those ribbons and toners anyway. And could you do me a favor? Could you tell me what printer I need to buy to, to make those, to, to use those? That's how good it was to be there. That's how easy it was. That's how good I felt, powerful I felt. And that's how everybody felt. Because the manager, as crazy as she was and as drugged out as she was at that time. And keep in mind, <laughs> you know, a big eight, six foot eight brunette taking drugs. <laughs> you know, is, 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 you know, she was a good manager. I'm not saying I condone drug use, but it never affected her when it came to sales. You know, when we were doing surveys over the phone or sales or any kind of telemarketing crap we were doing, acting like jackasses. But the most productive thing I'd ever seen up until that point, and I had worked worked in, before I I stopped working for other people, I had worked in several other offices and never saw a group that worked as as well together as that group did. And why did that group fall apart? Because somebody else came in and instead of studying the situation and realizing that it wasn't broke, they had to try to fix it. That's why I don't do that. <laughs> and that's why I don't recommend the people to do that. Like I said, if you see something that's working, it's okay to analyze why it's working. It may be okay to even see if you can tweak it and make it a little bit better. But 
you don't want to tear it apart just because you want to tear something apart to prove that you that you're the best and that you can you can make it. I'm, I'm going to just take this down and make what I want out of it. No, it doesn't work that way. Not in the real world. And the funny thing about it was these people gradually went off in their own uh, their own directions. And these are people I liked a lot. We never I never got an opportunity to see any of these people again. Had we been there in the office a little bit longer, we probably would have bonded even more. And these are the kind of people that were weird, but they would have been they're the kind of people that would have been lifelong friends. I have a couple of them that are still lifelong friends. The ones that were sitting closest to me were still friends to this day. I mean, they're we're all, they're all in different countries, and like some of them are in a couple of couple of well, somebody's in London or some crap like that, and somebody's in Canada, and one dude's in Mexico or some crap like that. We I mean we don't, you know, we we do the Facebook thing, but what I'm saying is that, you know, who knows what would have happened there, you know. But all I know is, person comes in, sees something that's working, decides they <laughs> they gotta fix it, and the only thing they fixed was. Nothing. Amazing, isn't it? So what I'm saying is, you bastards, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, you bastards. You dig? That's all I gotta say. Segment over. You know what, guys? I got a theory. And my theory is everything is flirting. Everything is flirting. Because everybody thinks in terms of, you know, flirting and that it's always some guy or some gal trying to get somebody of the opposite sex or the same sex to date them. And flirting isn't, everybody uses flirting in the dating and sexual context. But it's not about that. Flirting is just trying to make yourself more attractive to someone to get something from them. And it doesn't matter what it is. You know, flirting can happen at any particular time. And usually if it's somebody flirting with someone that they really don't have a chance with, like if it's an old guy flirting with a young girl, or I mean, not young girl, meaning in, un, underage, but, you know, he's, he's 80, she's 28 or something like that. She doesn't take him seriously. And it's kind of cute. You know what I mean? I went to see a relative of mine in the hospital and uh, there was we couldn't all be in the room at the same time. So we had to go in and take turns talking to the relative. And then when the other people were in there talking, I was outside I had already spoken to them and I you know I took taking my turn so I'm standing out there and the nurse is trying to get this old guy from a wheelchair to the bed there's no orderlies around she looks at me and she goes could you help me sir and I said yeah sure so I walk in there and I help her get the old guy onto the bed and I'm looking at the lady and I'm thinking good god she's she's cute but I didn't say anything because it's like it's not appropriate to be hitting on some lady while she's trying to help this old guy get into the bed. And if she just happened to not find me attractive, I can't imagine how that would happen. But if she just happened to not find me cute, come on, that's never going to happen. But somehow if, if that happened, I would look like a dope. And then that old guy be looking at me like, you disgust me, punk. Get out. You know. And so I, I help her get the old guy up and I start to walk out and then she pulls the curtain back around and I could hear them talking and then I could hear him go. <coughs> and, and then she she goes, OK. And he goes, what well, was actually a doctor, not a nurse. Sorry. And uh, and he goes, I know one thing I really wish I had a hernia. And she tee hee hees him. And I know for a fact that when my doctor grabs my balls and tells me to cough, I can't look And my doctor's a pretty young lady. I could 
Well, she's my age, so I, so that's young. Shut up, punks. And, I, and and if I said to her, listen, woman who's age-appropriate and attractive, now that you have my balls in your hand, I'd just like to say I'm really glad. I really wish I had a hernia. She'd probably have me thrown out by security, and I would deserve to be thrown out by security because that's inappropriate and stupid and not the right place to flirt. But it would be flirting. Old guy does it. I would have tried to do it, and I would have gotten beaten up in an alley. But everything is flirting, man. Everything is flirting, and you need to you need to appreciate that everything is flirting, and stop lying to yourself that everything is flirting. Even same-sex guys who are not gay flirt with other guys because all flirting is is trying to make yourself look better to the object that you're interested in. And I don't mean to objectify an individual. I'm just trying to make a point. Shut up, punks. Back to what I was saying. And you see a guy, and he's watching football. And he seems like a cool dude, somebody you might want to become friendly with. He seems to be cool and popular in the bar. The bartender likes him and you think the bartender's cool and you're going, this guy looks like somebody that would be cool to hang out with. You may not even say it consciously. It may be subconsciously. You've seen people that you thought were cool and you decided to sidle up next to them and to try to have a conversation because you think it'd be fun to have a conversation with the person and they look cool and you want to be friends with them. You know you've done it, punks. I've been the person that people have done that to and I don't blame you right so you sit next to the guy and you're looking at the guy and he looks over at you and you don't necessarily seem as cool as he does and he knows it he's like the cute chick and you're the chump that's trying to get her attention and you're thinking I could make you so happy if you were mine and she's thinking ha ha that's never gonna happen punk unless you show me a reason why I'd even pay attention to your punk ass and it's the same thing you're looking at that guy and he's there and you're thinking I could make you so happy as one of your buddies if you just give me a chance and he looks at you and he's like ha ha nerd shut up punk move away from me your nerd drippings are messing up my beer and you try to start a conversation while you're watching the game at the sports bar and you're trying hey that guy what a great pass and he looks at you like yeah yeah it wasn't thanks for pointing out the obvious you dumb bastard now he doesn't actually say that but his eyes say it his eyes are also pulling up your pants and giving you a wedgie because you still look like a dweeb to him because he's cooler than you and you're obviously dude flirting with him to make sure you could become one of his friends and he's looking at you like i know what you want punk you would like nothing better than to get all up on my couch at my house with me and my friends and then celebrating and eating my nachos and watching the game and then and being able to call me and go out and play football and hang out and be cool. But you got to prove something to me, punk. You're not worthy of being with me, punk. These people have proven to be worthy of being with me, punk. That's why I gave them what they wanted, my friendship. But you, ha, you haven't proven anything talking about nice catch why don't you just talk about the weather punk you have added nothing to this conversation and now i'm going to turn my face back to the screen because the sight of you and your bad attempts at conversation make me sick punk now he doesn't actually say that but as i said and even with the emphasis that i put on it you can actually see actual exclamation points in his eyeballs because he wants to be emphatic by calling you 
So he looks back at the game. And then you actually say a halfway decent point, something that he hadn't thought of. So now he's a little bit interested. Wait a minute. You're not a complete punk. You actually pointed out something, a good point in the game that even the commentators didn't point out. Wait a second. Maybe, just maybe, you might be ass on my couch worthy. I haven't decided yet, punk. But now I'm just going to call you punk instead of punk because you're still a punk but not a punk. And then you say a few more things and he, ha you said something funny and he laughs. And now in the back of his mind, he's kind of picturing you at the house, but not quite, not yet, not yet. And then all of a sudden, he overhears you. And of course she overhears you because you're talking loud on the phone. And what are you talking about? You're talking about the fact that the only reason you're at the bar tonight instead of watching that game live is because you have season tickets, but you didn't think you'd be available to use them. And you're talking to the guy who's actually at the game using your tickets. And he overhears that. And he's thinking, whoa, he had a good point. He said something funny once. And this bastard has regular access to season tickets. And then he looks at the screen. And then he looks back at you. And he looks at the screen. And then he looks back at you. And he looks at the screen. And he sees people celebrating and high-fiving. And then all of a sudden, he sees the guy on TV giving the thumbs up. And you're talking about the on the phone about getting the thumbs up. And he sees that guy. And he now knows that it's the truth. The, those people on the screen right now on the Jumbotron or the people that are sitting in the seats, you would normally be sitting in. And all of a sudden, he can picture himself with you. All of a sudden, you're dude to dude, dude to dude, straight dude to straight dude hot. He's thinking about all those good times you and him at the game instead of watching it at a bar, eating those $12 hot dogs and drinking those $9 beers at the game instead of at the sports bar. He's imagining himself sidling up next to you at those seats at those two people on the screen that he's sitting in. And he's imagining hugging you at the end of the game when your team scores the touchdown that wins it or clinches it. And he's sitting there going, wait a second. This guy is straight dude to straight dude hot. I'm going to let him all up inside my couch and I'm going to let him all up inside my nachos. And he is now going to be a part of my circle of friends. And the guy on the phone looks over at you like, ha ha, you're mine now, punk. Now who's the punk? And he's gotten a look in his eyes. And now you as the guy who was rejecting him first can see exclamation points in his eyes as he says, gotcha, sucker. And you now know you got a new friend because you want access to his seats. And the next thing you know, a friendship begins. And it didn't start out good. You were rejecting him. And he was working hard. And then he got the upper hand. And now all of a sudden you've been friends for 10 years and you're equals guy to guy flirting it's the same thing everything is flirting my friend i'm telling you everything's flirting you don't think a job interview is flirting of course it is job interviews are flirting you show up they have something you want real bad you look at that office building you can't imagine anything you want more than to get up into that building you want to, you want that job, that hot job. You want that job that's going to give you the money you want to get the things you want. But you got to get past that person to person. You have to flirt with that person. Due to person in the, I, in the uh, HR department flirting. 
you walk in there and there's somebody behind the desk and that person is the gatekeeper that person is the person keeping you from getting all up in this building monday to friday you can't think of anything you want more to get up in this building monday to friday you're looking at this person you know you have to get past this person to get this job and you're thinking i'm gonna get all up and you don't even understand how bad i want to get all up in this building i can't wait to slide up under this elevator and slide all the way up to the 10th floor and slide deep and behind that desk taking my big vehicle and sliding it into my company parking slot and unlike some of these other people that work here some of these people will sit there and be late for work because the elevator is full or because it's busy because they're waiting in the lobby but unlike those punks i know how to appreciate you you know what i would do while they're waiting on front line like punks i'll slide up behind the building open up the back door and climb all 10 flights up the while they're waiting in the front like punks i'll go all the way up the back the way they won't do it you know none of those people want to be in here long enough and strong enough to go up the back all the way deep up in the back side of the building all the way to the top to get to work i'll be out of breath when i get up there i know that but I'll be in my desk at the right time and I'm going to do it every day if that's what needs to be. Think about the productivity, the 17 minutes a day that these suckers are using as an excuse to be late. I'm already working. So just imagine the productivity I'm going to bring when these chumps aren't doing what they Who wants to be in this job more than I do? Would they climb 10 flights of steps? Would they even think about going around the back, opening the back door and going all the way up the back side of the building doing what needs to be done? No, they don't. But I'm thinking about it. And you flirt with the person in the HR department. You tell them all the stuff they need to hear. They ask you where you're going to be in five years and you actually have an answer. You never had an answer before. Other people have asked you where you wanted to be in five years. Your mother asked you where you wanted to be in five years. Your wife asked you where you wanted to be in five years. Your friend who you asked for advice asked you, I can give you advice if you tell me where you want to be in five years and your punk ass couldn't even answer the question. Why? Because you don't even know where you're going to be in five minutes punk but somehow all of a sudden you have an answer to that question how did that happen because you're flirting and you want that job real bad everything's flirting man ever been pulled over by a police officer i have these officers have a lot of power. They have what you want. And what they have, and what they have, what they have, what they have, my friends, is freedom. Freedom from jail if you did something wrong. Or freedom from a big ticket. Freedom from getting in trouble. They have it. And you want it. They pull you over because you did a rolling stop. Now, they don't have to give you a ticket. They can give you the ticket. They can decide not to give you a ticket. But what makes them decide not to give you the ticket if it's their prerogative to do so? Now, you have to convince them to give you what you want. And what you want is a ticketless day. A day where you don't get that big ticket for the rolling stop. How do you get that? You flirt with the officer. Not in a sexual way. No, you flirt normally law-abiding citizen to a police officer who has the power to give you a ticket but you don't want to have to get that ticket flirting. And you know what I'm talking about, you little skanks. 
And I'm not even talking. I'm not talking to the women. I'm talking to anybody. It's not gender specific. You're a skank too, dude. Maybe there's some women who do who fall into the bad stereotype of boop boopy dooping to try to get the police officer to not give them a ticket. Or it could just be someone who flirts in a non-sexual way to get out of the ticket. Everybody's done it. And if you've ever known you've done what was wrong to get the ticket and you talk to the police officer in such a way that convinced them to like you would not give a ticket, you flirted with that cop in a non-sexual, normally law-abiding citizen to police officer who could give you a ticket flirting. And you know what I'm talking about. Hi, officer. How's it going? Uh, do you know what you did? Oh, of course I know what I did. I really, I mean, I did, this happened and this happened and you throw yourself on the mercy of the police officer. You're sitting there talking about how you have friends on the force, how you respect what they do as a job. And you may respect what they do as a job, but you really start pouring it on like a punk to the point where the police officer is looking at you like, I'm not going to give you a ticket just so I don't have to hear any more of this bullshit. You make me sick. You suck. And they go, I'm going to go and take a look at your license. and I'll be right back. They go back to the car and they talk to their partner. And they're going, this person is sucking up like a punk, talking about how they know people on the force and all of this stuff. It was embarrassing. You know what? You take the license back up there and act like you ask a couple extra questions and watch them embarrass themselves like a bunch of punks. And the other person comes up to the other side of the car and asks some questions that have nothing to do with anything. He's only asking you questions because he wants to find out if you're as much of a suck up as his but he says, and you, and oh, you won't know, and you suck up to the other police officer, and he's suppressing his laughter because he knows that you're the equivalent of a nerd at the bar trying to hit on a hot chick that he has absolutely no chance with, and they're just humoring themselves. So he goes back to the car and he goes, Look, it was a rolling stop. We went to the car. They're nice enough people. Look, we'll just give them a warning. I don't think they'll do it again. And there was really no danger. There's no reason they'd give these people a ticket. And they come back to the car and they say, listen, just be careful next time, okay? And you go, thank you, officer. I really appreciate it. Then the officer goes back to the car and drives away. And you know you just got what you needed, you little flirt with the cop skank. And this is not a gender-specific use of the word skank. This is to anybody who does that, including myself. You know what I'm talking about. You just flirted with that police officer to get out of a ticket, skank. You know what you did. Everything is flirting. It's all flirting. In fact, this podcast is me flirting with you. I'm telling you little cute stories because I want you to listen to me on a regular basis. At the end of every show, I say, hey, guys, do me a favor. Follow me on Twitter at at SAnthonyThomas. That's my personal Twitter. And follow me on my podcast Twitter, SAnthonySays. Ooh, and my email address is the SAnthonySays uh, podcast at gmail.com. And if you love the show, make sure you bring friends back. And make sure you support the Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash SAnthonyThomas. All that is is me flirting with you because you know you got what I need. What do I need? I need to keep getting kind email from you punks. I need to have you keep following me on all this other kind of stuff. Why? Because I like doing it and I like the kind words. I'm flirting with you punks. You know why? Because I love it when you guys write stuff about how funny you think the show is. Oh, yeah. I read the email. Oh, yeah. You need to give me what I need, punks. I like it when you follow me on Twitter and DM me about how good you think the show is. Yeah, that's right. I read them and I read them nice and slow while I drink cocoa and drinking all that love. Yeah, damn it. Yeah, that's right. 
Big Daddy gives you listeners what you need. Okay, this is getting weird, isn't it? <laughs> this whole segment just stemmed from a uh, from a from a friend of mine. I was talking to him, and uh, I was watching him try to uh, get the attention of a it was somebody he wanted to work on his car, and the guy. It was really one of those things where the guy literally he had enough clients to work with, where he was literally. You could see him picking and choosing who he was going to be available to to work for, meaning fix their cars, based on whether he liked them or not. And it wasn't just, oh, she's a hot woman, I'm going to help her out. If he didn't like him as people, he'd be like, yeah, I'm a little busy. And you could tell that was going on. And so, and the guy liked me, and because um, like I said, if you live in, I was in Los Angeles at the time, and it was one of those things where, the, the for where, for where, I was, where I was living, the mechanic was so far away that was good but this cat was a couple blocks away and he would come to your house and fix your, your stuff and he liked me we were cool you know and just because he liked me doesn't mean he was necessarily going to work for my friend he would literally he would blow off another dude not that way you sick bastard he would blow off another person just to get rid of them they did get the hit eventually so he literally was like flirting with the dude to get the guy to work on his car too and it was the most embarrassing thing I'd ever seen in my life. Oh, I see you're doing some good work there, buddy. And the guy's looking at him like, really, really? So I'm laughing hysterically. I'm, I mean, I'm literally laughing to the point where tears are coming out of my eyes because I know that I can walk over to the dude and just go, hook my friend up. And I was going and I was literally, I went back to my car because I was going to get something. I don't remember what it was. But he, instead of waiting for me to make the introduction to get him hooked up, he runs over and starts act, making a jackass out of himself. So now I'm literally, I look over and I can hear what's going on. And he's just, it's, it's, you've seen people flirt with someone that they think is out of their league. And they just, it just gets worse and worse. And they're digging a bigger and bigger hole for themselves. And that's what was happening. So I, I, I mean, I wanted to go over and help him. But I was laughing so hard that I couldn't do anything. You know, um, so, I mean, I'm like, it's like, you know, you're out of breath. Your tears are coming out of your eyes. It was that bad. So uh, and, and, and at this particular time, I hadn't taken him over there. So the mechanic guy didn't know he was with me. So I'm laughing and he sees me and he goes, hey, ass, what's going on? And I can't even answer him. I just wave at him and I'm laughing. And he's looking at me like, what the hell is wrong with him? So I walk across to them and, I, and uh, I'm still laughing. And my friend's like, what's uh, what's he laughing at? And I said, yo, man, um, this is my this is my buddy, man. Could you hook him up? He goes, oh, he's with you. Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Just bring the car around uh, Thursday at 5, and I'll take care of it for you. And I high-five the dude, and he's like, you going to give me some tickets to your show? I said, yeah, you know I always get you into my shows, man. Come on. He's like, all right, cool, man. And I'm going to bring my girl. I said, bring, just tell me how many tickets you need, you know, and just let me know. I can get you as many as six. Is that cool? Oh, yeah, I only need four. Cool, cool. I'll get you four. Don't worry about it. So I go back to my car, and I'm laughing. And then I explained to him while I was, why I was laughing. And he was like, man, I was like, I knew why you were laughing after a couple seconds, man. But I was, I was like, I was in such a hole I couldn't get out. I was just trying to like save face at this point. And I said, I knew exactly what was happening, jackass. I was looking and laughing at your punk ass. That's what was going on. So I know what. So that's how this whole segment came from. The simple fact that I was watching this friend of mine flirt with another dude for mechanic services, and that shit was hilarious. And uh, I know you're listening to this. All right, you're you're in California, and I told you I was going to talk about it in this episode, punk ass. So here's a segment dedicated to you. You know who you are, <laughs> and 
And uh, if you don't hear this before I uh, message your punk ass on Facebook to tell you to say, no, I'll, I'll, I'll email you to let you know the segment's coming up, punk. But um, with the rest of you people out there, my rest, my uh, my sick bastards, I want to say uh, everything's flirting. Everything is flirting. In fact, I'm not wearing a shirt right now. Oh yeah. <laughs> segment over. Well, folks, this has been another episode of the Yes, Anthony Says podcast. I'm your host, S. Anthony Thomas. I want to thank you guys very, very much for listening to the show. I appreciate it. Um, like I said, I, I look at the numbers and, and I, I say this every week, but so far you guys have been really cool and bringing people back. And I keep seeing more and more people listening and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And in the last segment, I, I, I referenced the fact that I get kind of email from you. Thank you very much uh, for those of you that like to email and talk about my greatness and how much you love me. Yeah. The email address is the yes Anthony says podcast at gmail.com. My personal Twitter is at S Anthony Thomas. The show Twitter is at S Anthony says. Make sure you follow both of those. If you love the show and you want to support the show, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash S Anthony Thomas. Um, because I'm going to put some crap. I'm actually going to put up podcasts, shorter podcasts that are Patreon only. They will not be any place else. I will not release them any place else unless I become famous. And then I'm going to, of course, scour through my old crap and try to make money off of it. <laughs> you know, shut up, punks. But uh, in all seriousness, I want to thank you guys very, very much for supporting the show by, by, by spreading the word. It means a lot. And uh, I appreciate you bastards. I really, really mean that. You sick bastards. Much love to you all, and I will see you next week. Why? Because that's what I do, you sick bastards. S. Anthony, out.